You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the February 3rd, 2023 Friday reading of the New York Times Travel Section. My name is Michelle Wexler. Today we will be reading the following main stories, 36 Hours in Bangkok, written by Finn Olaf Jones, and Is It Safe to Travel to Mexico? Here's What You Need to Know, written by Elizabeth Malkin, and following up with miscellaneous articles. We begin with the first article, 36 Hours in Bangkok, written by Finn Olaf Jones. Bangkokians have been busy. Travelers returning to the City of Angels after even a few years will notice changes. The impenetrably jammed streets of Chinatown and Old Town, with their glorious religious and royal enclaves, are finally accessible by mass transit, with the extension of the Metropolitan Rapid Transit subway. And the long-neglected waterfront of the Chow Phraya River now has two massive, eye-popping developments on opposite banks. The Icon Siam Mall and the Four Seasons complex of restaurants, a water garden, and a gallery. Meanwhile, a new generation of chefs, designers, and artisans has taken advantage of the pandemic lull to open businesses throughout Bangkok, bringing more flair and fun to an already flamboyant city. Itinerary, Friday, 7 p.m. Try Thai fine dining, family style. The chef, Tidid Tan Tassanakajan, a co-owner of the Michelin-starred Bangkok restaurant Le Doux, last year opened Lanye Nusara, an intimate restaurant in a living room-like space amid the Southorn District's skyscrapers. Get a reservation for one of the half-dozen tables overseen by family photographs and embark on Tan's 12-course menu, based on a cosmopolitan approach to his mom's recipes, like steamed egg with crab meat and truffles. Dinner with wine is around 3800 Thai baht, or about $115 per person. 9 p.m. Dance into the night. Dress shamelessly and let Thai DJs vibrate away your jet lag at Sing Sing Theater, the current reigning nightclub in Sukhumvit, with a noirish retro-Chinese decor illuminated by swarms of red lanterns and a riot of professional dancers behind screens and on swings that give the place the feel of a Baz Luhrmann film set. Settle into the intimate nooks and balconies surrounding the stage and dance floor, or house shuffle with a cordial mix of wealthy locals and Bangkok's expat community, including, at the moment, quite a few exiled Russians. Guest DJs and live bands come in for regular parties, such as burlesque or Latin nights. Drinks start at 180 Thai baht. Saturday, 7 a.m., Bike Through City and Country. In the 1990s, Ko Van Kessel, a Dutch-born resident of Bangkok who died in 2012, pioneered elaborate yet surprisingly easy bicycle tours through the city and its surrounding farmland that used canal boats to move between town and country. 
Today, a friendly staff of young English-speaking Thai bike enthusiasts have taken up his mantle from a well-marked garage and office next to the River City shopping complex on the Chow Phraya River. Much of the clientele is still Dutch, and it's a mesmerizing and surprisingly safe trip through a maze of alleyway temples and canals. You hop into the boat with your bike. Leading to paths above the paddy farms upon which the city was built, one of which provides a delicious local lunch. A five-hour tour is 1,850 Thai baht. 2 p.m. Get an ethereal back rub. Visitors usually head to Wat Pho. Wat means temple in many parts of Southeast Asia, next to the Grand Palace, to marvel at the 151-foot reclining Buddha. But one can match the contentment on his face in a discreet building behind the temple, where novices master the art of Thai massage, one of the ancient medical practices to which the Wat is devoted. The massage center, Wat Pho Thai Traditional Medical School, is across from the main temple building. There's usually a standing yellow sign in front. Sample their craft with divine foot and back massages, starting from 280 Thai baht for 30 minutes. 4 p.m. Shop in the Arts District. Vietnam War era military jackets, butterfly collections. Hand-carved Scandi minimalist cutlery? They're all found in the potpourri of shops, galleries, and cafes of Warehouse 30, which spans seven colorfully renovated warehouses and anchors Bangkok's thriving arts district surrounding the River City Shopping Center. Regenerate from all that biking and shopping in one of the complex's most popular cafes, Mother Roaster run by the septuagenarian super-barista Pit Rianmek, affectionately nicknamed Pop-Him, who brews some of the best java in town, from 80 Thai baht. 7 p.m., dine in a former Chinatown pharmacy. Bangkok's Chinatown is a maze of perpetual regeneration. The district, long hemmed in by a permanent traffic jam, is now more accessible by the extension of the subway system in 2019. Finding Potong, a restaurant in a former pharmacy in an alley off an alley, is a worthy adventure. Chef Pam Soantornyanakij is the fifth generation of her family to own and work in this building, having made a detour as a cook in Jean George's culinary empire in New York before returning to bring Western panache to Thai Chinese fusion. The result is dishes like a traditional corn custard that she serves with smoked salt and ambrioche. Her efforts were rewarded with her first Michelin star in November. The tasting menu is 4,800 Thai baht per person. Reserve ahead. 10 p.m. Discover secret bars. Over the past decade, the city has become one of Asia's great mixology destinations. The best of the blossoming bar scene is within walking distance of Potong and includes Teens of Thailand, a cozy jewel box of a place serving up gin cocktails. 
Tep Bar in a former shop that specializes in an herbal liqueur called Yadang and uses local fruits and spices. And one of the city's hottest newcomers, Tropic City, a Thai take on a tiki bar featuring a dizzying array of rum cocktails. Expect to pay at least 300 Thai baht a cocktail at these bars. Sunday, 10 a.m., enjoy art on the river's east shore. The Four Seasons Complex, which opened in late 2020, has revolutionized the dreary stretch of river south of the Taxan Bridge. Escape the dense urban surroundings to airy courtyards surrounding terraced pools, outdoor art installations, and banyan trees descending to the shore. Head from the lobby to the waterfront via the small contemporary museum, Art Space, a broad whitewashed studio featuring a rotating series of modern art installations curated by Bangkok's Museum of Contemporary Art. The museum shop features funky one-offs, including a blow-up 10-foot worm, 65,000 Thai baht, or customized graffiti tote bags, 1,330 Thai baht. Exit the gallery to find a popular French bakery, Café Madeleine, which serves excellent croissants, 95 Thai baht, and coffee on the wide riverfront terrace. 11 a.m. Eat on the river's west shore. Cross the river on the public ferry from 13 Thai baht to Icon Siam Mall. Few do malls better than the Thais. Imagine the spaceship from Close Encounters of the Third Kind perched on the shore. Ignore all the bland Western luxury logos dominating the facade. And step into the light. The first floor has arguably the world's best food court. Thais flock to the locally run stalls that have replaced so many of Bangkok's much-missed street vendors. Many stalls don't have names and just have one specialty, like spicy shrimp soup or pad thai, often made by that vendor's family for generations. You can easily enjoy a multi-course feast for less than 200 Thai baht. After lunch, visit the top floor balcony to discover a light and mirror art installation called Infinity Forest and one of the best views over the river. 1 p.m. Visit a Secret Garden. Between downtown and Suvarnabhumi Airport, the Prasart Museum is one of the city's best-kept secrets and an excellent introduction to Thai history and design. The lifelong passion project of former Bangkok real estate mogul Kun Prasart, the museum is six acres of gardens and centuries-old temples, and has treasures rescued and restored from around the world. Traditional Thai artisanship is on view, from the intricately decorative style of porcelain called Benjarong, to the trees deliberately twisted into enchanting shapes. Sometimes Mr. Prasart is there himself, happily working his garden and greeting visitors. Make an appointment by phone first, plus 662-379-3601. Entry is 500 Thai baht and includes a guided tour, usually about an hour. 
That story, entitled 36 Hours in Bangkok, written by Finn Olaf Jones. The next article, Is It Safe to Travel to Mexico? Here's what you need to know. A spate of incidents, including protests among taxi drivers in Cancun and a stray bullet at an airport in Culiacan, has tourists asking the question. This by Elizabeth Malkin. Turmoil among taxi drivers in Cancun. Airports shuttered amid gang violence in Sinaloa. Safety alerts from the U.S. Embassy. A number of recent security incidents have raised concerns about the risks of traveling to Mexico, where more than 20 million tourists flew last year to visit the country's beaches, cities, and archaeological sites. An overwhelming majority of those visitors enjoyed a safe vacation, and tourists are largely sheltered from the violence that grips local communities. But the recent disorder in Cancun, precipitated by a dispute between taxi unions and Uber drivers, along with the violence in early January that forced the closure of three airports in northwest Mexico, is prompting questions about whether the country's broader unrest is spilling into other destinations. What happened in Cancun? Uber has been challenging the taxi unions for the right to operate in Cancun and won a court decision in its favor on January 11th. The ruling infuriated the powerful unions, which are believed to have links to local organized crime figures and former governors, according to Eduardo Guerrero, the director of Lantia Intelligence, a security consulting company in Mexico City. Taxi drivers began harassing and threatening Uber drivers, which drew the attention of Governor Mara Lasama of the state of Quintana Roo, home to Cancun. The conflict generated widespread attention after a video of taxi drivers forcing a Russian-speaking family out of their rideshare car went viral, and after unions blocked the main road leading to Cancun's hotel zone. That prompted the U.S. Embassy in Mexico to issue a security alert, warning that similar disputes in the past have turned violent. Mr. Guerrero said that the authorities will try to negotiate some kind of compromise, but there was a probability of more violence ahead. The taxi drivers are empowered, he said. It's a monster. Have authorities curbed violence that might affect tourists? As a rule, criminals in Mexico are careful not to kill tourists, Mr. Guerrero explained, because doing so can set in motion a persecution that can last years, the consequences of which can be very dissuasive, he said. But the rule doesn't always hold. And in two popular destinations for foreign tourists, Los Cabos, at the tip of the Baja California Peninsula, and the Caribbean coast, Local and state officials have recently sought help from the United States to take on organized crime that threatened to drive off tourists. A spasm of violence at the end of 2021 and early 2022 rattled the tourist industry along the Riviera Maya, 
the 80-mile strip of Caribbean resorts south of Cancun. Two visitors were killed in crossfire between local gangs in Tulum. A gunfight on a beach in Puerto Morelos sent tourists running for cover into a nearby hotel. A hitman gained entry to a luxury hotel in Playa del Carmen and killed two Canadian tourists believed to have links to organized crime. The federal government sent National Guard units to patrol the beaches, and Quintana Roo authorities asked U.S. law enforcement agencies, including the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Drug Enforcement Administration, to provide intelligence, Mr. Guerrero said. Local authorities flush with tourism revenues invested in the police, which is typically the weakest link in Mexican law enforcement. The joint approach led to a lull in gangland gun battles in Quintana Roo's tourist areas, and experts say that drug sales to meet foreign demand no longer take place on the street, although they are continuing more discreetly. The success in tamping down drug violence in Quintana Roo follows a similar improvement in Los Cabos a couple of years ago when U.S. authorities also collaborated with local officials in the state of Baja California Sur. The murder rate soared in Los Cabos in 2017 amid cartel wars, and although tourists were not targeted, that year police chased gunmen into the lobby of a luxury hotel in San Jose del Cabo, and a cooler containing two heads was left in a tourist area. What about tourist areas in other states? Even in states where crime is very high, tourist areas have been spared. San Miguel de Allende, a haven for U.S. retirees, is an island of relative peace in a state, Guanajuato, that has been riddled with cartel violence. The Pacific Coast state of Jalisco, home to the resort of Puerto Vallarta, picturesque tequila country, and the cultural and gastronomic attractions of the state capital, Guadalajara, is also the center of operations of the extremely violent Jalisco New Generation cartel. The cartel's focus of violence is in the countryside. Puerto Vallarta and the beaches to its north, including the exclusive peninsula of Punta Mita and the surfer's hangout of Sayulita, are all booming And, despite drug sales, the cartel's control seems to limit open conflict. Mexico City has become a magnet for digital nomads and shorter-term visitors, and concerns about violence there have receded. The city's police force has been successful in reducing violent crime, particularly homicides, and the number of killings has been cut almost in half over the past three years. Are there any other safety concerns? Street crime is still a problem almost everywhere, especially in bigger cities and crowded spaces. Kidnappings and carjackings are a risk in certain regions, and many businesses that cater to tourists operate under extortion threats. While tourists may not be aware of underlying criminal forces, their power sometimes spills out into the open in spectacular shows of violence. 
Three airports in the state of Sinaloa, including the beach destination Mazatlan, were closed on January 5th amid gang violence after Mexican security forces arrested Ovidio Guzman Lopez, a son of Joaquin Guzman Loera, the crime lord known as El Chapo, who is serving a life sentence in the United States. A stray bullet fired by cartel gunmen shooting at a Mexican military plane as it landed at the airport in the state capital, Culiacan, clipped an Aeromexico plane preparing to take off for Mexico City. Nobody was hurt, and the plane returned to the terminal. In August, gunmen positioned burning cars and buses to block roads around Guadalajara in response to a military raid on a meeting of criminal bosses. In October, a local politician was shot and killed in an upscale steakhouse in suburban Guadalajara as terrified diners crawled to safety. Pierre de Hale, the president of Janus Group Mexico, a risk management company in Monterrey, is skeptical that security has improved. There is too much random risk, he said. It's all about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. What precautions should tourists take? Mr. DeHale recommends researching the resort and news from the area you're visiting. The U.S. State Department provides state-by-state information about travel risks in Mexico. As of early February, the department had issued its strongest possible warning, Level 4, Do Not Travel, for six states, including Sinaloa. Quintana Roo is at Level 2, indicating that visitors should exercise increased caution. By comparison, the same Level 2 advisory is applied to France and Spain. Mr. DeHale also suggests buying travel insurance, in case of a medical emergency or theft, and recommends that tourists keep a low profile to avoid attracting attention, he said, warning that it is easy to misread situations. As anywhere common sense should prevail, Mr. DeHale said, don't wear expensive watches or jewelry, and avoid dark and deserted places. He recommends making a copy of your passport, remaining alert while walking home at night, and not leaving your drinks unattended. I have had numerous cases of people asking for help because they were extorted coming back from bars, he said. He added, if you're staying in a place that has a report of strikes or demonstrations, don't go there. You're a fish out of water. That story, is it safe to travel to Mexico? Here's what you need to know. A spate of incidents, including protests among taxi drivers in Cancun and a stray bullet at an airport in Culiacan, has tourists asking the question. That story by Elizabeth Malkin. And that's all we have time for. Thank you for joining us for the New York Times Travel Section. My name is Michelle Wexler. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.